Let me talk to you tonight about standing in the day of the challenges in opposition, right? 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearance and at his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort, and with all long suffering and with teaching. For the time will come, and I really want you to look, notice verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. Here's what they're going to do. Because they have itching ears, they will go out and recruit, and they'll have search parties, and they'll look for teachers that will tell them exactly what they want to hear. But the Bible says, but watch this, they will turn their ears away from the truth, and they will be turned aside to fables. But notice what Paul says to Timothy. And maybe tonight, this is the word of the Lord for you and I. But you be watchful in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Let's, let's look at verse five again. But you be watchful in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. I want to take the next 10 minutes or less, and I want to talk to you tonight about standing in the days of challenge and the days of obstacles. I want to talk about the anointing. Because I have nothing else to give you tonight but God's anointing. I can't give you theory. I can't give you philosophy. I, I don't have humanistic, secular, um, uh, universal ideas that can wow you over. I'm not your motivational speaker. I'm really not called to be the one who just kind of uh, gives you uh, warm and fuzzies. But tonight I present the gospel. And the gospel means good news. And the gospel is not just of Jesus. But the gospel is the things that Jesus actually preached. And Jesus preached a kingdom. He preached about authority dominion, rule, but they also preach about mercy, about compassion, and about unconditional love. And if there's ever been a time for the church to balance, to, to walk the balancing act between the two, we got to be people of mercy and love, but yet authority and dominion. The Bible says that the kingdom of God, I haven't quoted that scripture in a long time. I love that scripture. The kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. This is no time for us to cower down and to just be and, and be run rush out all over again, as I've said often, tuck our tail between our legs and just kind of tuck away in the corner and, and, and hold our breath while we ride out this pandemic. Somebody's gonna succeed in this season. Somebody's gonna prosper in this season. Somebody's gonna get a witty invention from heaven. Somebody's gonna get a, a divine revelation. Somebody's gonna bombard heaven and get favor, increase, prosperity, healing, miracles, supernatural. It's going to happen. Why? Because it's happening right now. I think you all know people who it just doesn't make sense. It's a head scratcher. It's an oxymoron. How are you able to prosper when so many people or others are losing? How are you going to be at the top of your health when so many people are suffering? How are you able to, 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 to get this favor and to soar and to see? Well, let me tell you why. Because they made a choice to trust the word of God. And that's where we're at in this challenging season of opposition. But let me, give you, let, me let you in on a, a little secret here. The anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing, the word anointing comes from the word smear. And the word literally anointing comes from the word smear, to smear oil. It comes from the tradition of when oil was poured in old Hebraic days, oil was poured. I know we have this picture of someone like, you know, Sam, Sam, you're pouring oil about over David, over Saul, but actually it comes from the word smearing. So the oil was rubbed in. It was smeared. It was rubbed. In other words, you were consecrated. You were sanctified. You were separated for the master's use. 
And so this oil wasn't just Crisco oil, it wasn't just motor oil, but it was a special blend of oil that had certain spices and Arabic uh, backgrounds and it had certain concoctions that represented the presence, the power and the purpose of God. And so when a person was anointed, it wasn't because they could sing with nice notes, it wasn't that they could preach and hit all the points, but there was a yoke destroying. What do you mean by that? You know, okay, maybe they weren't the best singer in the house, but boy, when they opened their mouth, I just felt a burden removed. And he, he may not be the most educated, gifted preacher. Paul said, I don't come to you with words of wisdom, a man's uh, in, in, intellect, words of wisdom. Yeah, and, you know, and by the way, Paul was educated and he was very intellectual. But his purpose for that moment wasn't so that you get hung up on me. But I can't actually, I came frightened, actually came humble that the power of Christ would fall and that you know that the glory will be of God and not of man. And so when you walk with an anointing, it's more than singing and preaching, but you gotta be anointed for business. You gotta be anointed for your job, okay? Yeah, people are struggling. People are, are have job insecurity. They don't know who's gonna get fired next, who's gonna get laid off next. But you know what? God anoints you like he anointed Joseph. Joseph worked as the second in command Wait a minute, time out. Before he became second in command, Joseph worked in the prison. Joseph worked in the pit. Joseph had an anointing on his life. So no matter what environment he was in, no matter what pandemic he was experiencing, he kept rising to the top. Why? Because good cream rises to the top. And when the anointing of God is on you, no matter what's happening on your job, you keep rising to the top right? Yeah, your family's fighting and your family's fussing, there's civil rivalries and people can't understand each other and people at each other's neck. But when you walk in the room, something is different. There's a calm, there's a hospitality, there's a presence. And that's why I'm, I want to talk to you tonight about the anointing. So Paul says, Timothy, here's the plan. Listen, you got to fulfill your ministry. You got to do the work of an evangelist. Be watchful in all things. My friends tonight, my encouragement to every one of you is to be watchful. Because we're living in such a lawless time, a time where there's lack of reverence, a lack of respect. It seems like there's no more shame and people cussing each other out. Let me just say one thing. And I think you all would agree with me tonight. We have seen, I've seen... People are on edge. Folk are walking around with chips on their shoulders. People are flipping you off with the bird. People are, are cussing you out. I mean, we live in a tense society, but the anointing must be different in your life. There's no more shame when it comes to the lewdness and the crudeness of our young people. You, you take that and you combine that with moral relativism. What do you mean? The gospel according to me. Forget the Bible. Forget the word of God. Forget conviction. Here's how I feel about it. And the base, based on how I feel about it is what it's going to be. And that looks cute. And it looks, it looks, you know, it looks okay. But it's wrong with two left shoes. And so this whole secularism, this indifference from the gospel, this indifference from religion. I take it a step further. It's not just indifference in religion. It's the rejection of religion. Used to be a time people at least had respect for the God you serve. When you walked in the room, they, 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 they stopped smoking. They stopped cussing. They, 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 they make sure they was dressed appropriate because the man of God or the woman of God came in the room. Now, 
People can care less about you and the God that you serve. These are the days that we're living in. People are desperate. People are hungry. People are hopeless. And people don't know what to do. I'm going to talk about this on Sunday. I want to talk about apostasy on Sunday. It's an actually a very classical word. It doesn't just mean leaving the faith. The word apostasy means to absolutely reject, to go opposite of that which once you believed. And Paul is very, very insistent in calling out a community of people who've departed from the faith. We got people fighting in church. People can't agree about anything right now in church. May I say this to you? And I think I'm about halfway finished here. May I say this to you tonight? I think this is very. This is a very uh, uh, unique observation. And then I'm going to pray with you. You know, I find myself personally struggling with. Uh, how can I say this? Um, the richness of Bible study. I read consistently. I read regularly, and I'm not duty-bound, but I know I have to stay in the Word of God to stay focused, to stay sharp, and to stay prayerful. But I miss the Sunday school, the Bible conferences. I miss the men's fellowships. I miss the sparring with one another over theological quandaries. I miss the convocations. I miss, you know, being depleted and going to a church service, and the Word of God was so powerful. It just took me from zero to 60. These things we've not been afforded to do in the last almost year. And even then people struggled. Even then people were hungry. How much more now? And you know, they say you don't miss a good thing till it's gone. How for granted have we taken Sunday school? How for granted have we taken school of ministry? How for granted have we taken small groups? How for granted have we taken Sunday night services? Friday night shut-ins, Thursday night teachings, Tuesday night rehearsals, youth, Wednesday night youth gathering, youth leader meetings. I mean, think about it. On average, we're in the church three, four times a week. And that's nothing for uh, faith conferences and word revivals and shut-ins and encounter retreats. Think about it. Even then, the Bible says if the righteous scarcely make it, what would the ungodly be? You talking about a famine. Notice the Bible doesn't say the famine of the word, but it's the famine of the hearing of the word. And I wonder sometimes, are we living in that famine now? We had preachers, sermons on every corner. And I know right now, oh, pastor, I can just go to YouTube and download it. Ain't nothing like being in the presence of God at a holy convocation. There's nothing like being in the presence of God with the guest evangelist, the guest choir. Our friends from the city are here with us as our guest tonight. And boy, there is an anointing in the sanctuary. There's nothing like it. I was on a plane coming home yesterday and I, I was listening. I was I was on a plane yesterday. I had um I was listening to Noel Jones preaching and squalling. Uh um and the guy next to me kept looking at my screen. I said, yeah, I know that's right. This dude is preaching something up. And then when he got finished, I put on a, a video clip of um of, of this G. Patterson, then Clarence McClendon. And I mean, they was preaching something up. And even though they can hear him, they can see the body movement and they can see the crowd. And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is what we're about. 
This is how we stay safe and stay encouraged in one another. Let me say this for you. Let me give you a couple of thoughts tonight before I close out tonight. I want you to stay encouraged tonight. Number one, Paul says, Timothy, be watchful in all things. Ephesians 6, 18 says, praying always with all prayer and all supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance, supplication for all the saints. I'm praying for you. I hope you're praying for me. I, I mean, I mean that. When I'm on my knees in the morning in prayer, I don't just say, oh, God, I touch all the saints all over the world. No, Lord, touch elder so-and-so who's, who, who's, who's recovering from this. Touch this couple who's going through this particular situation. God, don't forget about this brother who just lost so-and-so and so-and-so. Lord, would you move upon mother so-and-so because she's, whatever it may be. Paul said, Timothy, listen, pray all way with all prayer and all supplication in the spirit. And then there are times when we don't really know what to pray for. I forget. So I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. I literally pray in my heavenly prayer language because I know that the Holy Spirit takes, it makes intercession with groanings that even I don't understand at times. So if you're going to be watchful in all things, you got to watch and pray. And I wonder sometimes, are you just watching but not praying? Because if you're not careful, you can watch too much CNN. You can watch too much Fox News. You can watch too much of the media and get depressed. Am I talking right tonight? I know I am. If you're not careful, you can watch all of the news clippings, anything. You can watch too much TV, too much games. But if you're not praying, you're not truly watching. And, 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 and as the Bible says, uh, enduring affliction. Number two, the Bible says, uh, be, excuse me, number one, be watching on all things, endure affliction. Friends, I know it's not easy. I feel like I'm preaching too much right now. I need to save some of this for Sunday. But guys, listen, in fact, it's 727. I, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to closing in, in, in a couple of minutes here. Um, guys, I know it's not easy. It's not easy for me. And I like to think that I'm one of the most resilient, been to hell and back encouraging persons you'll ever meet. But I have my moments when I'm like, good gosh, how many more calls can we get about somebody passing? What about the debt? What about the building? What about the finances? What about the roof? What about this situation? What about that situation? What about the legal stuff? What about the, 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 the financial stuff? What about this court date? What about that? What about this family? Okay, this couple. I mean, it's a lot. And we're not talking about job insecurities for some. We're not talking about foreclosures for some. We're not talking about repossessions for some. We're not talking about sicknesses for some. We're still grieving for people who've lost. We lost earlier this year. That's not easy. But Paul says, Timothy, you got to find a way to endure affliction. And friends, I'm saying to you tonight before I close, find a way to endure affliction. Endure afflictions. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You hear me tonight? Many of the afflictions of the righteous. We preached that, we've quoted that, we've sang it, we've shouted it. You're living it right now. You're living it right now. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God, but God will bring you out of them all. Number three, <laughs> number three, let's remember, do the work of an evangelist. Part of our 90 day campaign and taking the church to another level with online experiences is we got to get back to evangelizing. I get it. We don't travel. We don't go door to door. We're not passing out tracks. We're not on the job for most of us. We're not just taking out our Saturdays and just inviting everybody we can to church. I get it. But we got to find a way to tell somebody about Jesus. We have to find a way to tell somebody about a, uh, the Lord 
and king of our lives. We have to. And right now, virtual, digital, that might be our greatest means. That might be our greatest method, our greatest means. But we're going to help you in the next few weeks, in the next few months. We're going to try to make it as convenient and as, as, as successful and as practical as possible that everyone had the most the best tools in the toolkit to tell somebody about the Lord, about your faith, and about the church. And I believe it's possible. Do the work of an evangelist. Finally tonight, fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. I love when Paul tells Timothy to fulfill his ministry. You know why? Because it means maximize whom God's called you to be. I want to remind every one of you all tonight that the anointing will take your knowledge and turn it into wisdom. The anointing of God on your life will take the little strength you have and turn it into supernatural power. The anointing on your life will take a little bit of faith, even if it's a faith of the size of a mustard seed. But he'll take that little bit of faith and you'll change it an entire generation. God knows exactly how to take the weak and make them their strongest. He knows how to take a Gideon who's scared, who's out of place, who's out of purpose. But yet not 32,000, not 13,000, but with 300 men conquer uh, the enemies. He knows how to take a, uh, I read about this guy in the Bible. I think his name was, um, oh gosh. Um, oh gosh. Uh, he, Judges chapter three, Judges chapter three. In fact, somewhere between Judges three and Judges five, something interesting about these judges. You had Shamgar. The Bible says Shamgar by himself saved Israel. Ehud, Ehud that day saved Israel. Elder Reverend, you know who Ehud was? A lot of people don't know about Ehud. But what you need to know today about Ehud was this. By himself, Israel was spared. We don't know a lot about Shamgar. But in one day, 6,000 Philistines were killed by the hands of Shamgar. Don't know a lot about the guy. But what's interesting about Ehud, Shamgar, Benani, Deborah, and some of these judges were, they individually saved Israel. Let me tell you where this is coming from. I've had moments these past few weeks that said, God, I, I feel so alone. I feel like I'm literally by myself. And I, yes, I have a bishop. Yes, I have good colleagues, men, women of God. I can get on the phone call, general board members and call bishops from not just Kojic, but I have Baptist friends and I have Amy Zion friends. I have non-denominational friends and I've got loving saints and friends at City Church. I've got a beautiful wife. I've got great young adult kids. But these pandemic days will make you feel like you're alone from time to time. And when you got to deal with the church building, you got to deal with the income and the budget and decisions, you can't feel alone. Now, you may not be lonely, but you are alone. There's a difference between being lonely. Sisters, don't be telling no man you're lonely. Just say you feel alone, but that you're not lonely. You use the word lonely as a whole different conversation, all right? No, you're not lonely. You just have to be alone right now. There's a difference. Now, say that to say this. God spoke to my heart and said, think about Shamgar. He defeated and brought Israel by himself. Ehud was by himself. Deborah was by herself. And every once in a while, God will put you in a position where only he gets the glory. There is no team. There is no small group. There is no we. But God gives you victory because he wants you to know that when he's with you, you got the majority. If everyone walks out your life and you are by yourself, as long as God is there, you got the victory. But time is up tonight. I want to thank you all for taking some time to, to, to hear the word of the Lord on tonight. Um, 
I think it's highly important tonight that you fulfill your ministry. God is sharpening some tools right now. He's sharpening some swords right now. You don't even realize it, but he's sharpening some swords. He's, 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 he's preparing you, even in this challenging season, for greater things ahead. You may not be able to see it. It may not make sense. But, but let's remember one thing. We don't lean to our own understanding. But in all that ways, acknowledge him and he should direct our past. I want you to.